Hello, it's me, Jodie Minto, and thank you for being here for this episode of Online Store Success. Today, I'm sharing with you the 12 things that I would do very differently if I was to start a new online store. I've recently just exited. I've just sold my seven-figure-a-year business, and I have been enjoying some downtime and doing some reflecting. And today, I want to share with you some of those most crucial lessons that I've learned in my eight-plus years journey, and hopefully, they'll help you in your e-commerce journey too. So stick with me. Let's get into them. Hello, I'm your host, Jody Minto, and welcome to my podcast, Online Store Success. My mission is to help other emerging entrepreneurs crack the code for e-commerce success for a life of uncapped income, flexibility, and fun. I'm an award-winning seven-figure e-commerce fashion founder, a certified digital marketer, and business and life coach. I'm also a Prosecco-loving wife, mother of two teens, a Facebook ads nerd, and a crazy animal lover. I've been in business for over 20 years now, and during that time, I've helped hundreds of others start and scale their online e-commerce stores through my coaching programs. I love all things business and know firsthand how rewarding it is to have a career on your own terms, turning a passion into a profitable business and the freedom and flexibility that comes with it. Each week, I'm going to share with you the ups and downs of this crazy e-commerce journey that we call life and help you start that business of your dreams or help scale your existing online store. Let's get started. So I've just officially exited my e-commerce business, Island Co. I've sold my business that I built from scratch many, many moons ago. It's been around eight plus years now, and I've been enjoying some downtime to rest and recoup. Uh, If you listen to my previous episode, I've actually been feeling quite burnt out. Um, Go back and have a listen to that uh, episode 26 after running like a mad woman um, in business, like we all often do um, for so many years. And once you finally have a chance to stop you really stop you completely <laughs> collapse in a heap which is what I'm finding has kind of happened to me aside from that we're doing some house renovations and just life with two teenagers and a husband that's works crazy hours I um, have been just kind of being really kind to myself and taking it easy and not beating myself up about the fact that this episode's coming out on a Friday when it's meant to be come out two days ago <laughs> but I'm just turning up the best that I can and really excited to share with you some of the reflections that I've made over my e-commerce journey, my on, my online fashion business brand, um, and what I'd do differently if I was to start a new brand because I'm sure you can relate. Starting your own business is such a massive, steep learning curve. We're usually good at one element of it, whether that is you're a fashion designer or an artist or a creative of some description, but then it's learning all of the other elements of of running a business. It's the behind the scenes admin, it's the financial sides of things, it's the tax stuff, it's the managing people, it's doing all of the marketing to bring in sales. So, so much goes into running a business and often we go in with our blinkers on, um, knowing one sort of element really well and then being opened up to this entire world of all these other things that we need to learn. So I feel like I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot, not just about myself. It's been a real self-awareness, self-development journey, but I've also realized a lot around what sort of business and and career that I want going forward because I've had a taste of it all now. I've done the solo entrepreneur from home, which is where we're back to what I'm doing now with no staff, which is really exciting and refreshing for me. 
uh, and then I've been up to, you know, the other side where I've had a, a commercial office with six staff, you know, full time doing performance reviews and managing interrelation uh, into office, you know, politics and, and relationship crises and things like that. So I know now a lot about me and what I want going forward. And I'm one that has to sort of try all of the things first to figure out what I do and don't like. So I'm, I feel like I'm in a really good place where I can, I can say, right, I'm really clear about what I want. I want a, a location, a dependent, independent business. I want to be able to work from home. I don't want to have to ever do performance reviews ever again, if I can help it. I don't want uh, full-time staff, you know, because those layers for me create added stress and and it took out the kind of joy of running my business. So I've learned a lot. But what I've done for you today is I've come up with the top 12 things I do differently in my next e-commerce business. And I've broken them down into uh, categories. That is products, what I do differently around products. Uh, the second category is people, what I would do uh, differently around people. That also includes me. Um, and what I would do differently with my marketing, um, knowing now what works really well, what's a bit of a time and energy suck with little return. And then lastly, money, what, how I would manage uh, my business finances differently um, in order to reap those profits and rewards sooner. So let's get started. Products, what would I do differently with products? If I had my time again, and I'm sure I will, I've got, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit. I'm sure there'll be an e-commerce store for me again in the future, but I have these learnings. And for me, the number one thing around products is finding a great manufacturer at a low cost because the per unit or landed cost will make or break the business success. So I've seen this a lot where um, people will come to me and say, I've got this product, it's, it's, it cost me $50 and I'm selling it for 65. And that instantly is a recipe for disaster um, because I know there's, there's many costs involved in running any sort of business, but especially an e-commerce business. It's not just the product that costs, you know, that, that, that costs you money. It's the marketing, it's the overheads, it's those monthly subscriptions. I have five 5,000 of them still. Um, it's all of those different things, product photos, uh, time to you know pay a VA maybe to do uh, the product descriptions and upload them to the stock. There's so many little dollars and cents that will eat into your profit. Um, so finding a great, reliable manufacturer and having a really solid relationship with them that can help work together with you to grow your business and appreciate that you need the best price possible is really, really important because I've certainly certainly been taken for a wild ride over the years everything from paying an exorbitant amount of money to people that uh, you know it turned out I thought they were the the manufacturers themselves but it turns out they were actually the middleman so they were then you know adding on top adding on top adding on top and then landing the cost of this product for something that I could have got from another manufacturer down the road from them for half the price so um, I've then also had really cheap manufacturers that will promise the world and then be two months late and deliver us a pretty subpar product that then half of it gets returned. So it's really, really important that the having a good manufacturer um, is crucial. And I, and I often obviously use the, the example of fashion because that's what my business was. But whether you're making uh, diaries or 
protein powders or whatever that might be, you need to have a great manufacturer uh, at, a, at a really good cost. Um, and ideally you would have a few of them in case one goes out of business or someone something happens there and they shut down, you have another one. My second thing around products that I do differently is I'd actually do an entirely different product. I'd have a different product strategy. While I love fashion, and I know a lot of people that I work with have fashion brands. Um, it's a, it is a hard model, I've got to say, because it depends on seasons and there's an expectation to continually create new styles and designs for your customers. You know, every month there's a new collection and that can be really, really expensive, really uh, tiresome, really time consuming. And I didn't quite have that level of creativity. While I love fashion, I'm not a fashion designer. Um, I didn't have the time or the money to be pumping out those new styles really, really frequently. So next time I'd consider products that were evergreen, and I suppose that comes back to my original product, which was the kimono. It is fairly evergreen to a sense. Um, it's a one size fits all. So there wasn't many SKUs. I didn't end up with a gazillion different, you know, extra smalls left. Um, so that's something to consider. If you can have something that's trans-seasonal or that you can have one size fits all or that you just do it, if you, if you love fashion, you just do it differently. Don't necessarily feel like you have to buy into the seasons and, and creating new, 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 because I felt the pressure from that. And then I had staff kind of adding to that saying, hey, you know, we should have something new by now. And then I would design and pay for new collections that would just tank. So... Um, that's something that I would be really, really careful around, uh, despite my love of fashion, uh, thinking about what's something that's relatively easy. And I often look at brands like supplement brands and protein powders and think, this is great. You know, they don't have to create a new a new whole product every month, do they? They just might add a new flavor every so often. But, you know, predominantly it's the same product um, over and over and over again. If you do do fashion... Um, my tip is to make sure that you are planning and ordering almost up to, well, not up to, at least really a year ahead if you're doing overseas manufacturing. So you can utilize sea freight versus air freight and reduce the final landed cost because I was always playing catch up. I was always ordering something that I wanted a month ago and then having to air freight it, which would then make my landed cost per unit really high, which then you have to make charge higher prices to your customers and so on and so forth. So the product itself um, and your product strategy around it, it's really, really important. And they're the three things that I do differently. Now, people, what would I do differently around people? Oh, this is a big one. And this, I think, felt I felt like this and money probably caused me the most grief in my business. Um, I would hire and manage staff very differently. I would hire based on skills, attitude and ethics, like what their work ethic um, versus whether I, I liked them and whether I wanted to help them out because I felt like they were in a, you know, they needed a, a hand. And so I would be their savior. I would also raise issues immediately, bop them on the head became my new sort of motto as soon as they occurred versus letting things linger and then get worse and kind of uh, after, you know, months and months and months, you know, you think, oh gosh, I should have, I should have really bopped this on the head, whether it was a performance issue, whether it's someone turning up late every day, whether someone's kind of not, not pulling their weight, um, putting, you know, bopping those things on the head as soon as they occur, because the longer you leave it, the more difficult that conversation comes. And, they, and the, the staff members often quite surprised. They're like, what are you talking about? Why didn't you tell me then? 
Also, I would let go of people more quickly if they weren't a good fit versus losing weeks or months of sleep over it, which I've done in the past. I wouldn't be so concerned about the staff not liking me, but rather running an efficient and profitable business where everyone was uh, appreciated, had lots of work to do and, and and a nice culture. But also, like I said, I wouldn't be so concerned about whether or not they thought I was a nice person or wanted to be my BFF. It, it, I had to put on my manager and CEO hat. The second uh, thing under people is that I would, I think this sort of comes under um, people and money, is having a really good uh, uh, bookkeeper and accountant that will give you frequent advice on what's working and what's not. So some coaching almost and someone that will raise an alarm when they, you know, all of a sudden there's a loss over a month versus looking at it, you know, and four months later realizing you've lost, you know, a hundred thousand dollars in four months. So having someone that's really looking out for you and yes, that will probably cost a little more, but uh, sometimes you're so in it, you don't realize it's happening. And then it's, it's a slippery slope to try and pull yourself out of it. The third thing around people um, that I would do very differently is know and understand that self-development is crucially important in your business journey. Having self-awareness, knowing what um, what triggers you, what patterns that you keep repeating, whether because often even with relationships, we have often patterns and triggers and then we bring those into our work and business life where we repeat them. Being really aware of what they are, knowing that mm, maybe I, I, you know, I am the problem here, not this staff member, not this behavior. It's actually me and my management of this is really, really important and uh, quite, quite humbling, I suppose. And there are self-development, um, you know, programs for business owners, but there's also this comes into leadership, um, doing some leadership training of sorts. And that even if you have one or two staff members doing some leadership training is really, really great. Um, you also need to arm yourself with stress management tools and resilience, because if you crumble, the whole team's going to crumble with you. So you need to learn some stress management and coping mechanisms, hopefully not, uh, copious amounts of alcohol, um, or coffee, uh, but, or, or beating up your husband when you get home, but you need to know how to manage that stress and, you know, and get, and remind yourself about perspective and, and, you know, resilience because it is a marathon, um, the life of an entrepreneur and a business owner, it's certainly not a sprint. Fourth thing I do very differently is, is again for me, is work with a specific e-commerce coach. I've worked with many different coaches over the years and a lot of the time I, where I was actually wanting an e-commerce coach, I would find myself going to coaches that would help then teach me to be a coach. And and when the bigger, the bigger of my businesses has always been the e-commerce brand, so I wanted someone really specific. And it took me years to actually find someone. I found a great... Um, uh, e-com coach for seven figure and a year businesses and up where we got right right into spreadsheets it was all about numbers honestly it was numbers 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 um, so I think if I had that sort of in the beginning I would have been able to make better decisions around my product strategy and pricing and people hiring you know can I afford this person is this the best person for my job uh, for my business so looking at that um, like I said not just a generalist marketing coach or a mindset coach or a general business coach if you have a, a you know a specific type of business find us very specific 
coach for that person. And I know from my own uh, coaching journey, as well as clients that work with me, I've worked with many different coaches. I'll do a year with one coach and get what I need from them. And then I'll go to another, you know, say for example, in leadership coaching and I'll go and work with them. And then I often will come back <laughs> and forwards and, and, and whatnot. I still have a relationship with most of the people that have coached me over the years. Um, and it's very, you know, that happens for anyone. And I, I know that too, if someone comes and does one of my programs and then they, you know, that's fine. They might go off and then work with another another coach and then, you know, two years later come back and go, hey, I need something else with something else. And that's fine. I don't get upset about that. So go for someone really specific for what the problem it is that you have right now. Now, marketing. What do I do differently about marketing? Oh, marketing is a big one because having the products is one thing, but then selling the things and driving traffic and sales to your store is an entirely, you know, different kettle of fish. So for me, Facebook ads and Instagram ads has been the main driver of sales for my e-commerce store. It would account for, I would say, 80% of my sales over all time. So mastering that uh, Facebook and Instagram ads, you know, to self-manage them myself saved me $6,000 a month because I was doing quite a, you know, a $30,000 ad spend. So, um, Mastering that, you know, gave me the power to be able to turn on and off, you know, ad campaigns, what was working, what's not, and increase revenue pretty quickly when I needed to. Another marketing thing I do is create an Instagram corner. And I keep trying to do this even in our commercial office, but the carpet was yuck and the lighting was off. But if you can create an Instagram corner that is like a little nook, whether it's in your house, in your office, where you can capture photos, videos of people, you know, people wearing your products or yourself, you know, wearing your products, whatever it is, having a little photo nook set up, ready to go just to grab content will make your life so much easier. It also helps, you know, uh, get some product photos up on the website pretty quick in between photo shoots and gives you great, you know, it gives you a little bit of motivation when you see that little nook you think oh I should be getting up and doing some Instagram stories so doing that will help uh, immensely lastly for marketing it's having a handful of key influencers or brand reps that you can work with for every new collection not only will they promote the product to their followers but they'll also create awesome content for you that you can hopefully reuse in your marketing influencers bless their souls I don't know. I, for me, the experience has been 50-50. 50% have been absolutely beautiful to work with, divine. 50% have been an absolute nightmare, like, you know, losing sleep, wanting to burn my business to the ground kind of nightmare. So it is a tricky balance. There is some big egos uh, in the arena. There is some, uh, you know, inflated sense of <laughs> celebrity and things like that. So tread lightly my friend um but just know having someone that you you know i absolutely adore bev um from the iris may style she has just an absolute dream where we could often just email her and say bev we've got all these new things and we have no photos and no content can we you know arrange something and so we would pay you know bev her fee and we would send her a handful of things and she would get great photos and do reels and stories um and then we could reuse them and she would share share that with her uh, fam, uh her her audience as well which worked really well but she is a as a, a 
a needle in the haystack but if you can find some that you get along with um, you sort of have to sometimes nurture their uh, ego a little bit stroke their ego um, to get in um, not Bev but others um, but yeah if you have a handful of key ones it will make your life a lot easier when it comes to needing quick product photos and you know promotion and content now money money is a massive one Money, the money thing, the, you know, the, the how you manage your money in your business will make or break you. It honestly will because you can make a gazillion dollars a year, but if you've got your head buried in the sand and you're not, you know, keeping an eye on your profit and loss and you're not doing your taxes and you're not paying your taxes in regular chunks, you can t wake up one day with a $150,000 uh, tax bill. And I can tell you from personal experience, this is exactly what happened to me. So my tips are leave cash in the bank and also have access to finance if you can. Have a financial balloon such as inventory finance or PayPal capital, um, particularly if you're doing manufacturing where you're paying up front and getting it back later. So get advice obviously from your accountant. I can't give financial advice, but for me having, you know, cash in the bank helps me sleep at night easily. Um, but also knowing I have access to finance, for example, if I was doing a new collection of something out of the ordinary, um, you know, I didn't want to have to t pull any cash stock re reserves out of the business day-to-day -day banking to pay for something that I can't sell for another six months. Having some sort of, um, even if it's an account that you're putting money aside into for manufacturing, um, will really, really help keep things uh, in order. For me, another thing under money is that I would pay my GST, BAS and the superannuation for staff monthly. Your accountant and bookkeeper will tell you, oh, you just do it quarterly, it's so fine. But then what happens is, like I said, you get your weight, you get that bill and it's $150,000 and you don't have the money. So then you have to set up a payment plan with the tax office and then you don't ha can't have another payment plan. So then another bill turns up for $150,000 and it's, it's not a fun place to be. So I know from me, my own personal savings and spendings habits are that if there is money in my account, I kind of spend it. And I was running my business in a way where if there was money in the account, uh, I think that, you know, I, I would just be like, oh yeah, well, I can subscribe to that. I can buy that or I can get those accessories to sell versus not thinking long-term and not having those different little accounts. Like, you know, if you, if you, and I highly recommend looking at something like Profit First, um, which is along the same lines of, um, the one for families, which I can't, it escapes me, but having those different accounts for different things. So for me, making, breaking down those tax payments and obligations into small, whether even weekly, fortnightly or monthly payments is, uh, I, I should have been doing from the very start. And I have a friend that has a, her, her business and she was like, yeah, I've always done that. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know I could do that. I wish I could do that. Um, because history tells me I'm not a great saver. And if, like I said, there's money in the account or in my pocket, I, it burns a hole. So for me, um, that is something really, really important to have that put away or even pay it straight to the uh, tax office each month. Even I couldn't even put it in an, in an account without spending it on something. So next thing uh, around money is start with small runs to determine what your customers want. Don't go all in on something yet not proven just because you love it or your friends love it doesn't mean it will sell well so make a minimum number of pieces in one or two colors first 
I would always be influenced from other people going, oh, I love it. And then I'd make it in four colors and then find out that that whole shape didn't sell very well. For example, like a linen dress. And then I had four colors of the thing in various sizes and it sits on the shelf for a very, very long time. So test small, just make one color. If people like it, then make another color because from that one color, at least you'll get feedback around, you know, our problem was all of these dresses came back and they were too uh, tight in the bust. So it is such a learning curve protect your money fiercely um, i would recommend having a lean product range um, in the beginning to test what works and even as you grow you know having a lean product range a limit a lean number of SKUs will definitely make your life easier and your bank balance look better and my final thing under money and the, and actually i think we're 14 not 12 there you go a couple of bonus ones um allow a good chunk of marketing dollars in your profit margin even up to 50 percent for new brands because gone are the days of ten dollar marketing costs or facebook ad costs to get one sale i was finding for me it's more around fifty dollars on a 150 dollar product and so that is just you know for facebook ads sometimes i mean obviously you want it cheaper than that different times of year it fluctuates like in the fourth quarter the prices generally go up the cost per sale but you need to know and be realistic around how much it will cost you to make a single sale via paid ads and have that built into your profit margin so i help these 14 tips or insights as to what I would do differently in my next e-commerce business are helpful to you. Um, Like I said, it has been such a learning curve. Um, It's been a huge journey. I am going to have a blog post with all of these written out so you can go back and refer to them. Always get advice from your accountant or financial um, advisor, obviously for anything around money. Um, But I think just having some self-awareness around how you manage money and how you spend money is really, really helpful. Um, and I look forward to chatting with you next week. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Online Store Success with me, Jodie Minto. If you loved it, please share it with your friends on Instagram and tag me at I am Jodie Minto so I can say thank you. And if you really want to make my day, please go ahead and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and give me a follow. If you'd like my help in starting or scaling your online store, be sure to check out my free resources and programs at jodieminto.com. Thanks again and... Same time, same place next week. Bye for now.